0: Hi, everyone. My name is Wendy Myers of MyersDetox.com. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Myers Detox podcast. So, we have a great show. We have Jan Kielman on the show, and he's going to be talking about EMFs, how they heal you and how they kill you. A pretty dramatic show today. So, we're going to be talking about how your body emits of frequencies and how the non native frequencies, the EMFs, interfere in this communication system with your brain waves and your heart waves, et cetera. We'll also talk about the symptoms of EMF sensitivity. We'll talk about some of the health issues as a result of EMF, the effects on bees, bees navigation system. We'll talk about the effects on plants and animals as well. And also why you're not hearing about, you know, more about EMFs and their dangers in the mainstream media and talk about things that you can do to reduce your exposure to emfs and where you where you can find emfs in your home and just lots of tips and tricks today on the show with uh, jan keelman So I know you guys watching this are really concerned about different types of toxins, including EMFs. But you know, a a thing that we're exposed to every single day are thousands of chemicals and dozens of heavy metals. And they have a dramatic impact on our health. There are thousands of them that we're exposed to that our bodies are really not equipped to deal with at the levels that we are exposed to on a daily basis. So I I created a quiz called heavymetalsquiz.com that you can take to determine your relative level of body burden of toxins. And then after you take the quiz, you get a free video series that tells you what to do, how to act on this information. And you get a free video series that answers a lot of your frequently asked questions about you know, how to detox your body and how it all works and how long it takes, et cetera. So go take the quiz at heavymetalsquiz.com. Our guest today is Jan Kielman, and he is a certified nutrition specialist, Institute for Functional Medicine certified practitioner, and a botanical medicine student, and currently working on his doctorate in clinical nutrition. He practices personalized nutrition, nutritional genomics, and environmental medicine in his practice in Southern California, and remotely uh, teaches medical practitioners worldwide. He believes that true healing has to happen on all levels, body, mind, and spirit, and includes a natural environment. You can learn more about Jan and his work at functionallwellness.com. Jan, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Hi, Wendy. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and and how you got into the health field?
1: Yeah, so I'm a certified nutrition specialist, uh, which is kind of the gold standard for nutritionists. I'm also certified by Institute for Functional Medicine, and there are not that many in the country in terms of nutritionists. I have a long story. I I literally wanted to do natural medicine since I was 17. And I grew up in Germany and was advised against that because it wasn't a university degree. So I lost like 10, 15 years doing environmental stuff and organic farming. It's not really lost. I actually learned a lot of valuable experience. As a farmer, you really learn common sense, so nobody can fool me anymore. And then in the financial crisis, 2008, I realized I'm feeding sheep while people around me have cancer and are dying basically. And I stopped it and, and switched over into natural medicine. And I'm not a naturopathic doctor, but I kind of combine nutrition, herbal medicine, environmental medicine so i do a lot of the things that nds um, do as well
0: And so we're going to talk today about emf so can you tell the audience what emfs actually are and and why are we hearing about it so much
1: yeah so emf is the term for electromagnetic fields you could also say emr electromagnetic radiation and if you think about it if you take a step back and think about it we are exposed to emfs all day long and there's good and bad ones. So the good ones, we, we'll talk about that later more in detail. But the good ones are kind of like the solar radiation, like the, the warmth from the sun and the light from the sun. That's a beneficial EMF. And our buddies, most people are not aware of this. We're now in year 110 of the capturing of our medical system, in a sense, you know, by a certain industry. And um, all the focus in the science, most of the focus has been on biochemistry, which chemicals change things in the body. But there's a huge important field called biophysics. So what what does electromagnetic radiation do in the body? And how does electric tension work on genes, right? So that's why it's kind of a new field, even though it's an old field, but it has been a little neglected. So we're now getting into rolling this up and educating the public on the benefits and also the dangers of these electromagnetic radiations.
0: Yes, yes. And, and so, so how do EMFs influence our health on a cellular level?
1: Yeah, so this is interesting because the industry that wants to sell us cell phones and Wi-Fi routers and all this kind of stuff, they only do safety research in terms of temperature. So if you have your cell phone very close to your head for 20 minutes, you may get a raise in the temperature in your ear. That's what they focus on. But we actually have about four to 5,000 scientific studies. So it's very well documented that electromagnetic radiation or fields have an influence on the cell. They can have an influence on it in form of a toxin. So they can cause oxidative damage, just like a chemical could do. But, and this is where it really gets interesting, it can also influence our epigenetics, which The epigenetics are the switches on the genes, right? So if the genes are the light, then the epigenetics is the light switches. So which ones get turned on and off? Unfortunately, there's also an influence, not just damaging, but also an influence on inhibiting cellular repair. So at night when we sleep, our cells repair and then prepare for the next day. And if that is inhibited by strong electromagnetic fields, then It can lead to havoc over time. You know, it's not something that usually happens within a day. It's something that happens over weeks and months and maybe years.
0: Yeah. And EMAPS, it's well known that they also reduce the melatonin production in your pineal gland and your mitochondria. And, you know, and that has a devastating effect on on our sleep and immunity overall.
1: Yes, because melatonin is not only our sleep hormone, but it's also one of the strongest antioxidants in the body. It's actually strongly recommended for uh, for COVID um, prevention. Yeah, that's a it's a big problem.
0: Yeah, and so can you tell us some of the symptoms that people might experience if they're exposed to you know you know everyone's exposed to EMS, but yes. what are the symptoms they have w- upon exposure?
1: So there's actually um, different levels of symptomology. You can be a very sensitive person and feel it very early on. Or you could be a very intoxicated. So if, if your body is already full of chemical toxins and heavy metals, which are metals, and you know maybe that metals can potentiate electrical signals, then you really can have strong symptoms. So for me personally, if I'm in a strong field, I can either feel a dull pressure in my head or a tiny little bit of, I can't even describe the sensation, but it's in my ear. So I can feel it in my ear. If If this computer was running on wireless, and zoom uses up a lot of bandwidth, then I would maybe after an hour or or one and a half hours, I would feel it in my forehead, like almost behind the bone. So it's a very subtle feeling. You kind of have to recognize it. Even I sometimes don't know. So let's say if I feel a weird headache that I cannot explain, the first thing I do is I look around, are there any EMF sources here that I can turn off? which I do first. And then if within an hour or so the headache doesn't go away, then I'm like, oh, maybe it's an infection. And then I take, you know, a natural antibiotic to make sure it's not. So it's, it's subtle and you kind of have to almost learn it intuitively.
0: Yeah, I get uh, kind of like a tinnitus. Like I feel like I get a buzzing mm-hmm. sound in my ears because that frequency is vibrating my, my eardrum or my cochlear, oh. you know, functioning. And uh, I also get like tingling and different product, like I'll get my computers on my thighs, I'll feel like some tingling from that. But yes. people can have much worse symptoms. Can you talk about like the whole range of symptoms or effects that have been shown in the research to happen or uh, symptoms people may feel?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it can be a host of symptoms from headaches I mentioned over um, sleep deprivation, the epigenetic effects. I mean, we're literally just scratching the surface in, in an hour interview, but. The epigenetic effects can lead to everything from cancer to suppressed immune systems. We have seen uh, research, and we see it in clinical practice too, that if people are exposed to, for example, um, mold, mold spores, then the mold feels threatened by the EMFs and actually produces more toxins. So it can make pathogens more toxic. It can increase the effects of chronic infections. There's like endless, endless amounts, and um, there's actually a conference in I think end of, I think in February, on electromagnetic fields, which is um, highly recommended.
0: Yes, yeah, and then people can have anxiety and depression mm-hmm. and heart palpitations. Yes. They yeah. think that there's, they think that they're depressed about mm-hmm. themselves or their life, and go to their doctor and yeah. get antidepressants, yes. and it's it's not the underlying root cause.
1: Yes, like even fatigue. And we, we now have reports of young people having heart attacks because the phone is so close to the heart. If you text like this really close to the heart, the radiation hits the muscle. And there are literally people having heart attacks from that.
0: Yeah, I mean, these uh, these non-native electromagnetic frequencies interfere in this, this frequency that your heart puts out, you know, it sends mm-hmm. out a field like 10 feet around us. And yes. our brain waves, uh, that is a, a signal, a wave that gets interfered with by these non native harsh frequencies that are getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And so exactly. I think, yeah, and that's why I try, I try to talk about on this show that we are an energetic being. We have, you know, our gen- genes throw off a field, our brains have brain waves, our heart puts off a field. And that's what the EMF is impacting this communication yeah. system in our body.
1: Yeah, I don't know if everybody's educated on this, but when you do basic classes in biochemistry or even in general chemistry, the first thing you learn, which is absolutely fascinating, is that on the chemical level where the molecules are held together, it's all electromagnetic. It's It's like magnetic Lego. So the oxygen holds to the carbon and makes a molecule and it's a magnetic connection. So everything, in and around our bodies and the other living beings, like I see a tree behind you, everything around the living beings and inside works electromagnetically. So nobody should be surprised that these radiations have influences on us, positive or negative.
0: Yes. And can you talk about the effects on the animals and and the plants? Because there's devastating effects uh, on them as well. It's not just us.
1: Yeah, it really depends on how strong it is, but um, there are images out there of trees losing their leaves when um, a 5G cell is set up right next to them. You know, bees and birds have a—they actually found out humans as well have a very sensitive electromagnetic compass in their in their brain. So that's how birds find their way to Africa and butterflies find their way to, to you know Mexico, and bees find their way around. So they they can sense the electromagnetic field of the earth. And if that is disturbed by this radiation, on top of the damage it can do on the biochemical level or on the biophysical level, um, so yes, it can kill them. It can inhibit their immune system, which then secondarily can kill them, or it can confuse their orientation and maybe even ours. But I just saw a study last week that we also have a compass. We're just not aware of it, but theoretically, some of us or all of us could sense the magnetic field of the earth. So they get confused. They don't find their beehive anymore and they fly around and lose their energy and die. So there's a lot of negative effects and you can assume that if we are affected your pets and or your other animals will be affected too. There are studies on cows that are standing in stray electricity on the fields and their milk production goes down, they get sick. They kind of crumble up. It's a topic to take serious. It's not some kind of new age, you know, thing.
0: Yeah, especially when it comes to the bees. I mean, that's our food supply. We do not mm-hmm. want to mess with the bees because you're not going to get your almonds. You're not to, there's a lot of food that needs to be pollinated uh, yes. by bees. So that's really the the one of the more concerning things when it comes to the plant and animal life being affected. Yeah, by the we, we
1: talk about protecting the environment, but Honestly, there's a little disconnect because we take our car and we drive it to the store and that's where we get our food. If we would literally go out and get it from the plants, we would not have this cognitive dissonance and we would understand that we directly live off the environment,
0: right? Yeah, and so can you talk a little bit about kind of like the major problem with EMF mm-hmm. technologies like the cell phones, the wireless networks, the smart yes. meters, the Bluetooth, the stuff that's all around us all the time?
1: Yeah, so the problem is that um, there is only a limited amount of frequencies that the industry can use. So they, they put a lot of stuff into these frequencies, and we are in the end exposed to a lot. So if you saw the electromagnetic spectrum, it goes all the way from the frequency of a planet to the tiniest little wave that has a lot of energy like radioactive radiation that's also electromagnetic radiation right and they had to pick certain frequencies so for example for wi-fi which now almost everybody every building every public building almost every house at least in the us has um, a wi-fi router and that wasn't the case like 10 15 20 years ago right They use 2.4 usually or 5 gigahertz um, radiation, which is supposed to go through walls and reach every corner of the house and then give you a nice connectivity. But the problem is as a side effect, you get exposed to those fields. And the interesting part is that the exposure gets exponentially weaker with distance. So what people don't understand is they get really afraid of the power line like a mile away where well, they get afraid of the cell tower half a mile away. But really what the problem is, is what's closest to you. So if you run your computer on wireless, then you then that is the closest source to you that actually is literally bombarding your brain. You have all antennas in your phone, meaning like wireless, Bluetooth, cellular, and the phone function. There's four antennas in the phone. If you have them all running at the same time and you hold it to your head, you have a major amount of radiation right next to your brain. And unfortunately, right next to your eye. I just had a client request last week. um, a 24-year-old with cancer in the iris of the eye. Uh, And I did a little research. It didn't take more than five minutes to figure out that there is a connection to electromagnetic radiation. Maybe she got a cell phone when she was 15, and she's been on the phone for nine years talking to her friends. Now she's got a cancer in her eye, and she may lose her eyesight.
0: I have so, a colleague also that has the same. It has a cancer in her eye as well.
1: Yeah, the brain cancers in kids are going up because wireless networks are installed in schools, and kids sit you know, six hours or whatever in school, and then they come home, and then they sit in the wireless network at home. And so the body has no chance to recover. Um, but the good news is distance is key. Distance is your friend. So the the more you can turn it off, like on the phone, for example, you do not need to have Bluetooth on all the time. And you may not need to have wireless on all the time. You may not even need to have cellular, which is the internet data that comes through the tower on all the time. Even if you just keep your phone on, you'll have a 90, 95% reduction in radiation, and you can still be called, and you can still text. You just don't get iMessage, and none of the apps work. And then when you actually are free, and you want to do something, you turn on your cellular data, and you do it, and turn it off again. And so there are ways to reduce your exposure dramatically. You just have to become aware of it, because the, the Insidious thing about this radiation is we're not being educated publicly because of uh, commercial interests. Even though the science is there, we cannot smell it, we cannot see it, and only some of us can feel it. You know. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think it, people have to be aware. You cannot trust a lot of the things you see on the internet or even major mainstream media news publications, even like, you know, the Wall Street Journal, I saw something there, 5G is totally safe. And I I think these are like PR pieces that are being paid for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when the research is clear, I mean, there are so many books, like full of the scientific research showing harm for many, many different types of frequencies, including 5G, 5G is not the only thing that's problematic. And uh, people just need to have awareness about this, of the the special interest groups and corporate interests that have a lot invested in having 5G continue to exist unabated.
1: Yeah, these are trillion dollar markets and they're strong interests and TV stations have to live off something too, right? So they get donations and advertising money. So basically, um, yeah, we're not talking about three or five scientific studies or anything weird. We're talking about thousands of scientific studies. The science is very strong. And if your listeners are interested, this um, electromagnetic frequency conference next month is literally run by PhDs that present the science, some of them have become activists because they could not, in their conscience, look at it anymore. at how many kids get brain cancer now? The statistics are going up. So they are lobbying the federal government. They are lobbying the state governments to set up safety uh, safety rules and laws that protect, especially our kids, because kids have very thin sc- thin skulls. So the radiation goes in even faster, even deeper, and they are growing every day. So they have a lot of cellular turnover. And it's really dangerous to get any disruption in that. If you have a cancer in a fast-growing tissue, then it's, a, it's usually an aggressive cancer.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And while we were all on lockdown, there were 5G towers installed on all of the schools. It was just crazy, yeah. uh, the reports of that happening. at, Like my daughter's school, and the old school in Huntington Beach, and all of the schools got the, the 5G towers.
1: I actually have a pretty good line to um, my kids' school, so I can talk to the principal at any point. And when I told them about food colorings, they cut it out. Within, Within a half year, there were no more food colorings allowed in school. But they really have a hard time when I tell them about EMFs, because they've invested all this infrastructure. There's a wireless router in every classroom. So I asked them, you can actually go into the wireless router software in most models, and you can reduce the energy output. It's usually set to 100%, and which is really far and a lot of energy. And you can set that down to 10%. And especially if there's a router in every classroom, it still works perfectly. So that's another 90% reduction. And they supposedly did that, and they confirmed to me that they set the radiation to the lowest possible level. And I went into the classroom, and I could not stand it more than 10 minutes. I had, mm. I got such a headache. So I do not know. I'm really concerned about these kids. It's it's a real problem.
0: Yeah, because I mean they're just uh, they, and the and and kids are just not anybody thinking about that. Kids are gonna be sick yeah. and go play, and so they're they're, they're yeah. not gonna be complaining of symptoms typically unless they're really really bad. Yeah. Uh, whereas adults, we have more awareness about this. And so can yes. you talk about the different levels of sensitivity to EMFs? Because I know a lot of people, if they can't see it, they can't feel it it doesn't exist for them. Tell us what really the reality is and the, the spectrum of sensitivity that, that people can have and how it's it actually is affecting them even if they can't feel it.
1: I mean, the spectrum literally goes from not feeling anything to people having, moving, having to move out to the desert because they can't take it anymore around people. Like that's how sensitive you can be. Usually you can assume if somebody is that sensitive, then there is other toxicity. It could be mold, heavy metal, chemical. We kind of call it the barrel in environmental medicine. So if you consider our body as a wood barrel and you fill it up with, you know, antibiotics in childhood and then lead from the gasoline in the 90s and mercury from your tooth fillings and aluminum from the vaccines and ba blah, 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 and you fill that up, eventually you can overflow that barrel. And it's usually the EMFs that make it overflow because that's the newest thing. And I don't know if anybody has any idea of how much it has expanded. So um, some of the statistics we have is that the amount of electromagnetic radiation that we're, in, that we're exposed to now is approximately four quadrillion times higher than it was Mm -hmm. before the Industrial Revolution. So you have to understand something. We used to be a natural being living out relatively in nature, even if we had a house, but it was still a house made from wood. And we were literally immersed in nature, more or less. And the only time we would have exposure to electromagnetic frequency would be in a thunderstorm with lightning or in a solar storm. That, that's the only times it would ever happen, which is not every day. And now we're exposed to this stuff 24 hours. So even our recommendations of you know turn off the Wi-Fi at night, do not sleep next to your smart meter, make sure that you stay your bed away from power lines, even those recommendations, um, while they do help, are nothing compared to what it was before we invented everything.
0: Yeah. I mean and people are, I I can't urge you enough you have to be paying attention to this and and you know learning about mitigating EMF in your environment because like say even if you do all these things you recommend or even if you have like some EMF protection devices in your home you there's still these the EMF satellites that are going up every day from, you know, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos from Amazon yeah, and yeah. Bill Gates is funding SoftBank, which is a Chinese company. There's a hundred thousand
1: of these yeah. satellites. I mean, that is that is a problem. Luckily, like I said, the, the distance exponentially reduces the exposure. So one foot distance has like a two-fold reduction in exposure. So that's good news about the satellites, but they will still do something. I mean, we only have, you know, you could freak out about this and go into a bunker yeah. <laughs> and, you know, go crazy. Um, but we do have control over our computers, our iPads, our phones. And a lot of people that know this research, they actually now go back to cable. So we still have Ethernet and it still works with all these devices. I have my computer on Ethernet. I don't have my phone on Ethernet right now. But um, with with two adapters from Apple, um, I could easily connect it to ethernet and then turn off all the radiation and surf the web in full speed without mm. even paying anything. Right? You can do the same with the iPad. You can do the same with an Android. So there actually literally is a lot we can do in our environment. There are measuring devices, so we can measure exactly how much radiation and where it comes from. There are shielding paints and shielding garments. So a friend of mine, um, he, he uh, rented an apartment and he had just moved all his furniture, everything in, and his new wife and was super happy in Germany. And then they put up a cell tower right in front of his mm-hmm. apartment right there. Uh, so he, he bought uh, he bought a professional meter, an 800, 800 euro professional um, measuring device. And he the, that device showed him exactly where the rays from the cell tower would go through his apartment. He sealed off the wall, and there was nush, nothing to be measured behind that sealant. So there's a lot we can do.
0: Yes, yeah, they have the graphite paints. And things yeah, that you can use. Yes,
1: there's a lot we can do. But even if you don't feel it, don't feel safe that it doesn't do anything. You know, you might be resilient or not. The the epigenetic effects, I think, we have no idea about. So. There's a very interesting book out there called The Spark in the Machine. And it's been written by a medical doctor who's also an acupuncturist, explaining how acupuncture works on an electrophysical level, which basically is that our skin has the fascia, the the fascia under the skin, right? It's a connective tissue, and connective tissue is uh, conductive to electricity, it has like a crystalline like structure. Um, so we, we literally have our own body electricity that the body generates. It's a DC current and it's very low. And the way they found this out is they took a specific kind of lizard that um, you can actually cut off, which sounds gruesome, but you can cut off any leg, anything but the head and the torso, and it will grow back. So they tried to find out how, how can this stuff grow back? And they measured the electrical skin resistance and they saw that at the point where the leg was cut the electricity change that the lizard was creating, the genes were activated to regrow that leg, were electromagnetically activated. And then when the leg was fully regrown, the electric current, the DC current on the skin changed back to normal. So it's unbelievable what electricity does to our bodies. So you really have to become aware of this and think about this.
0: Yes, and so is there anything else that you can talk about for uh, you know ways for us to reduce our risk to electromagnetic exposure?
1: Yes, so I mean the the first rule in environmental medicine is always to cut out the exposure, right? So the the acute exposure is electromagnetic radiation. So let's say let's say you're lucky and you live in a house, not in an apartment where you have all your neighbors running. 20 wireless around you. But if you're in a house and it's only your wireless, well, that's easy. You can, if you're the last person going to bed, you could just turn off the wireless at night and go to bed, right? Make sure you also turn it off at the devices around you. And and there's also something that we didn't talk about yet. It's like baby phones and cordless phones and those kind of smart devices in the house, right? So. If you have if you think that you need a smart fridge that has a TV and internet in there, that's okay. But take a look if you can actually cable that fridge and turn the wireless off. Because the smart devices are fine as long as they're cabled. But as, as soon as they're on wireless, then you have to keep your wireless on and you cannot reduce your exposure anymore. So the best thing is, for example, take your living room or the room where you spent the sorry, your bedroom, or the room where you spent the most time and, and and turn it into a sanctuary. Meaning clean bedding, clean mattresses, um, organic if possible, clean in terms of dust and and other exposures, and clean in terms of electromagnetic uh, radiation. So if you have a wireless, you can put it on a timer that turns it off at midnight and turns it back on at 7 or 8 a.m. if you need it that early, right? So that would give you, you know, eight to ten hours of minimal exposure which then your body can use to repair and restore resiliency because we have a certain resiliency even though we carry 10 trillion cells around and each individual cell is extremely sensitive to emf and other chemical damage but as 10 trillion together in our organism we have a certain resiliency so we have to make sure we always stay below the threshold that where our resiliency ends and the disease begins right and the further we stay Below that, the more likely, the less likely we're going to get sick. And maybe to, to make that even more graphic, the EMF may be directly attacking us and may be invisible, but we have things like um, chemical toxins, 80, 85,000 man made, uh, man developed chemicals. Not all of them are toxic, but we have 85,000 chemicals now that did not exist 200 years ago. And we are exposed to an estimated 7 to 8,000 a day. So those can contribute by already stressing your body. And then there's um, heavy metals coming from coal burning power plants or tooth fillings or vaccines or Aluminum cook pots, right? So if we can reduce the chemicals and the heavy metals and the EMFs, then it's relatively easy to stay below the threshold.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And and so and we talk a lot about different toxins on this podcast and EMF toxins are definitely something uh, that you want to be paying attention to because it's easy to overlook it. Because I think it's it's easy to get overwhelmed with you know the diet and the exercise mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. adding detox to that is that's a whole, like that's a full-time job in and yeah. itself. And then this learning curve, learning about the EMFs and where they are and mitigating and what to do. And there's a lot of garbage out there that people are marketed to about EMFs. So I think if people get a little bit overwhelmed and then just don't do anything, are there some easy things you can recommend for people to, to just like a little you know checklist? About-
1: Yeah, there's actually something really I find really impressive. So our problem is we can't see it, we can't smell it, we can't hear it, right? Because our sensors are not made to recognize that. They are made to recognize the visible light, but the spectrum is much bigger. So what I find really impressive is you can take an AM radio. It could be a little Walkman radio or a travel radio or maybe even a connected radio, and you put it on the AM scale towards, the, let's say, the left end where there's no radio station. It's just like fizzing sound or ideally not a lot of sound. And then you can take that radio and hold it next to your computer, hold it next to the adapters in the power plug, hold it next to your screen, hold it next to your phone and just listen to it because it will pick up the radiation. Some of it will just be the screens, but others you will actually hear how it connects to the tower. Or you will hear how the internet downloads stuff to your phone that you don't even need, right? The, the newest stocks that you never look at. So I find that very impressive. You can do that with kids. You can do that with adults. You can do that with people that are skeptical. And you can sit down and think about it and be like, wait a moment. The stuff I'm hearing right now is the stuff that is affecting every cell in my body all the time. So it gives you a little bit of a graspable sense of what is actually going on and then I think you will naturally take it more serious. And because it's now not just other people warning you, but you're actually hearing it and if you become sensitive you're also feeling it and then it will it will in a gentle way force you to take it serious
0: yeah and i think emfs is kind of one of those things almost like smoking where there's a lot of you know denial in in the beginning and like, you know, smoking is totally safe, what, what are you talking about? That's ridiculous that there are, they cause health issues. And I think EMF is gonna be the same way, but do yeah. we have any like hope for the future of turning this around and making safer telecommunications technologies? I think so.
1: I think so. I mean, they're, like I said, this, the science is big. Some of these scientists are so committed that they have put their foot in the door of the federal government, which is heavily lobbied by the industry. So there is hope that under the goal to protect our children and to protect our population from cancer, that we will have a chance in the future. The 5G rollout is, is there, and that may cause additional problems, which are sad for the individual client or patient getting sick. But they will maybe in overall help us, because there will be so many reports of people getting sick potentially that it cannot be denied anymore. Unfortunately, humans are, um, and I, I have to admit that I'm like that too, but uh, we often only react when there's pressure or when there is suffering. And that's a problem. Because just imagine the difference between having a cancer and not having a cancer, right? Or take this young girl with a cancer in her eye. She's 24, and she's most likely, most likely going to lose her eyesight for life, right? Probably a pretty girl with big goals in life. And just imagine. How little it would have cost you to to deal with it a little bit at least and and reduce the exposure versus now having to get rid of this cancer, which is basically they're putting a radioactive bandit uh, how do you call it a banded flap on her pirate flap on her eye that's radioactive that kills the cancer and at the same time kills her eye cells right so it's it's horrible and i'm I'm literally I'm literally thinking that we need to learn to act on certain things before it's too late before we suffer before we get cancer before our kids get sick because if you wait that long the amount of energy time money and everything it takes to repair that is exponential and sometimes it cannot be repaired i've you know i do a lot of cancer support and i've seen clients not been able to make it just because it was too late if they would have come with the same problem a year or two earlier, they could have made it, you know. So we have to take things a little serious. We can't just keep dreaming.
0: And yeah, I think yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. human nature. If it yeah, broke, don't yeah. fix it. And yeah. I, I and definitely people wait way too long. Um, yeah. to to address certain things with detoxification's the same way. There's mm-hmm. people that don't around to it until they're really really ill and they're they're too sick to detox they they have to be stabilized first you know
1: yeah so i do think there's a future because uh, we don't only have negative electromagnetic uh, frequencies we also have positive ones tesla the the famous um, inventor actually found a few positive ones that kind of uh, are reported to make your face shine which is really interesting we have one right here which is the um, infrared radiation from the sun and and also some of the visible light spectrum. We have um, PEMF, that's pulsed electromagnetic frequencies. So that can actually be used to increase blood circulation, to increase healing in the body. Bone healing, it actually activates bone growth. So we have have red light therapy and laser therapy. So there's a lot of beneficial frequencies. And I did some experiments on myself. I was exposed to a strong Wi-Fi Zoom meeting a year ago. And literally, the skin in my brain, that's how it felt, like the brain covering, the skin covering my brain was hurting. So I thought to myself, OK, if this is a negative EMF, why don't you try to counterbalance it with a positive EMF? And I happened to be at a place where the fireplace was burning. So I thought, well, that's infrared radiation. That's a positive EMF. So I put my head into that heat. And within five minutes, minutes—I, from my experience, it would have taken an hour normally, but within five minutes, that discomfort was gone and was counterbalanced by the positive radiation. So, with these experiments and everything I'm learning, I've started to think, and I'm just going to blow it out there. If any one of you uses it as a business, you know, this is an NDA and I get 10%. <laughs> but the idea I recently had was why do we use the non beneficial EMS for communication? Imagine we would use beneficial frequencies for communication. We would use our phone and it would make our our skin glow, right? Because it's a beneficial one. So we have to somehow talk to the industry and convince the engineers to focus on the beneficial frequencies and see if they could be used for our communication needs. And then we would actually literally not have a problem.
0: Yeah, I know they're working on like 6G and even 7G right yeah, now. but working on the next generation.
1: But in this fashion, right? So if we yeah. if we are able to open their flaps, then we don't have to demonize them as the evil engineers that are stupid, but we could actually open their mind and they could actually be part of the solution by, you know, working on positive stuff.
0: Yeah, and that's how a lot of the uh, technologies work. That people put certain devices in their home to protect from EMF or mitigate EMF, and some of these work by emitting certain frequencies, like a Schumann's residence, That's I think seven point mm-hmm. uh, eight three, and mm-hmm. and to try to take that hurt that uh, you know frequency and try to kind of deflect or mitigate the negative frequencies or EMF yeah. by using yeah. these positive healing frequencies.
1: Right, and we can do that now. So we don't have to wait for the engineers. We There's grounding mats for your house. There's grounding shoes for outside. You can actually sleep on a grounding mat. You just have to make sure that your house is properly grounded. There was a case of a lady getting really sick from a grounding mat because there was stray electricity in her house. And so she was sleeping on stray electricity. But there's a lot that we can do. You remember the old tinfoil hat, so there's um, there's beanies and baseball caps now that are insulated against electromagnetic radiation. And what you may not be aware of, I talked to a stewardess because you know there's wireless on the airplane now and I fly to Europe a lot, which means I'm in the airplane for 11 hours. And I asked um, the stewardess, you know where are your Wi-Fi routers because I just wanted to know and she's like, oh, they're usually over the wings. Right? So they're right in the middle of the plane. So they radiate forward and backward, one or two of them, depending on how big the plane is. And they never tell you that. So they may sit you right underneath, and you make it completely blasted with the Wi-Fi radiation on top of the radioactive radiation that you naturally get when you fly. So at 30,000 feet, my Geiger counter actually goes off and says, please remove yourself from this area because there is radioactive radiation out there. So you get double double whammy radiation together with a scotch or a wine full of pesticides, <laughs> right? Um, so be careful, like it's, it's really crazy, yeah.
0: Yeah. So sit on the back or the front of the plane.
1: Yes. Or get one of these baseball caps that actually look kind of cool, but they're insulated with a silver containing garment that you don't see. It's inside the cap that deflects this radiation away from your head. It sounds like the tinfoil head, but it actually looks cool and works like it, yes. it measure measurably works.
0: Yeah. And they have like the EMF clothing and they have EMF mm-hmm. sheets too. If you don't really want to spend a bunch of money, you can mm-hmm. the, the EMF grounding sheets as well to protect you while you're Sleeping. I like the Blue Shield devices. Uh, they mm-hmm. use three different kind of technologies. One is using the Schumann's residence and a couple other ways to mm-hmm. mitigate EMF in an entire home. So that's what I use to you know, protect my family. But there's lots of other. There's a key technology is great too, from yeah. what I understand. And, and there, there's lots. There's of,
1: lots of great stuff. Yeah. I kind of recommend that you. Uh, at the first layer of defense, go with the stuff that's actually measurable. And then maybe as a second additional layer of defense, you can use the quantum technologies. But that way, you're absolutely sure that the stuff really cannot hit you. So it's almost like a two layer of defense. And then you don't want to get too clean. You have to keep some resiliency. So I have a colleague. I'm, I'm not going to say the name right now, but he's a very respected and very nice colleague. I like him a lot. But he built himself a house and he built into that house EMF reflecting film on the windows and EMF reflecting walls. And I'm starting to think that maybe a little too much because the house is not in a dense area, it's out in the the green countryside anyway, Um, because you need to keep a little resiliency. If you are completely away from a certain toxin, and then you go to the city or the densely populated areas where that toxin is um, like smog or EMFs is very strong, your body has not had the chance to develop resiliency, and it'll hit you even harder. So I don't think we should exclude it 100%, but we should just exclude it if we can 90% so that we still have our resiliency. We can still tolerate if we travel to New York. But if we travel on the airplane, we don't get sick every time we step outside our house. right?
0: I mean, that's one of the reasons you don't feel good after you fly, is all yeah. this radiation exposure, like exhausted after that. Yeah. So tell us, uh, is there anything we, we've left out of the conversation here yeah. that you want to add to?
1: I just remembered something really important that we forgot, and that is power lines. Power cables and batteries. So, we're getting a lot of solar cells now on our houses and we're getting a lot of electric cars. And we forgot to mention that. So, around every battery and around every strong power source, like a strong power cable, there's an electromagnetic field. I used to work in an office where I didn't feel well. So, eventually, I started measuring and I found out that I was sitting, I was literally sitting on a 230 volt power line doing my work mm. 10 hours a day. And um, I did some research and we were able to shield it off with a metal plate. But you have to be aware, if you drive a Prius and you don't know this, the batteries are under the back seats. So if you put your kids on the back seats, especially if it's girls but also boys, you know, we have a fertility problem already in this pro in this country. The ovum, the eggs of the future generations are already existing in little girls. So we really have to protect them. And they're sitting in very strong electromagnetic fields especially on the back seat more than on the front seat. The Teslas I have not measured yet, but I've heard that they are not clean either, and they are probably worse than a Prius. So you have to be aware that there are fields and it's okay probably to be in there for a half hour or hour, but it may not be okay to sit in that field, especially for kids for you know six, eight hours, if you have long trips and stuff. So just be aware of that. Be aware of keeping the power lines away from where you sit and where you are. And solar cells often people sleep under the roof, and the solar cell is right above them. So, even these solar cells and the transformers will have radiation. And you kind of have to make sure that it's not so strong that it disrupts your sleep or your cellular repair at night. Because, you know, Americans are some of the sickest people in this world, unfortunately. And we estimate the genetic lifespan to be about 120 years, which is kind of confirmed. By the centenarians that we can prove, you know, we have their birth certificate and their death certificate. But we all get sick in our 50s and then sick occur in our 60s. And then some of us start dying in our 70s. And uh, most people are gone in their 80s. And that's really too early. Like at 60, that's half of our life. We shouldn't be that sick.
0: Yeah. I know um, my dad died at 67 from, from esophageal cancer. this treatment. Of yeah. esophageal right. cancer, it's way too early, mm-hmm. and we we mm-hmm. all have lost loved ones, yes. way too early. And it's uh, and that's what I try to talk about on this show is that's all great. the different myriad number of toxins and, and what we can do about them, so we can live a long, yeah. healthy, disease-free, medication-free life. Because that's what I want. I want to live yeah. live like my grandma, my great grandmother, lived in '98, and yeah, still, right. It's... Yeah, still driving herself uh, and living alone, and you know, she lived a great life.
1: There you go. Like It's not just about the absence of disease or healing or curing things. It's literally reaching a level of wellness, right? Where we actually are happy about our life, have energy, can do what we want to do, and literally can enjoy life instead of just talking about our... I don't want to lie with cancer on intensive care, right, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Jan, thank you so much for coming on the show. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, where we can learn more about your work or you work with clients, where can people learn more about you yeah. and work with you?
1: I have a little office called Functional Wellness, and um, we do work with clients one-on-one. We do a lot of lifestyle change. It's almost literally life-changing to come to us. And it sometimes has to be. So sometimes you can really see your disease symptoms as a strong hint that you have to change something, otherwise you will not make it. And so a lot of our clients that are able to do these changes because they are ready and they've reflected on it and thought about it, they uh, are very happy about the direction their life is taking. We're trying not to make people dependent on us or you know, micromanage them. We're trying to educate them so that they can live a sustainable lifestyle and hopefully not Contract cancer or any other of the chronic or autoimmune diseases in their life that basically bring everybody down and make everybody suffer. Right. So we do that online, remotely, in person, and um, setting up a course that the purpose is really to focus on prevention, um, just like you do, because an ounce of prevention is more worth more than a pound of cure. And if you amplify that proverb, it has a very strong meaning. Once you get told that you have an incurable cancer, you'll understand what that means. And you will regret that you didn't put a little more effort into prevention. So we're re- literally trying to focus on prevention. It's a very difficult subject, because people, like I said, even myself, if I don't suffer, I don't always change. We're trying to work with examples from our own clients and other people, um, video interviews and so on, that so you can hear it from your fellow patients and clients. That beg you to to please take care of your health before it is too late. That's yeah. kind of what we do.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just, you know, I work I've never had any major health issues, but I work really, really hard on my health because I don't wanna be one of those likely statistics that's so common now with, you know, they say you know, one and two to three people get cancer and autoimmune diseases or the fastest growing subset of diseases. That's not happening for me. And for, yeah. I wanna do everything that I can. And so, and I hope you guys listening really take that to heart and you don't wanna wait until you get a diagnosis. That's, that's yeah. too late.
1: It's very smart. And you know what, it actually can be fun. It doesn't have to be suffering. So you can do this in a fun way. You don't have to suppress all the fun in your life and eat cardboard and stuff, right? So we can really make it doable and make it fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love all the stuff that I do. I love my infrared mm-hmm. sauna. I love doing coffee mm-hmm. enemas and because I feel great <laughs> when I'm doing them. But yeah, some people might go, oh, "This takes so much time." But you know, it's an investment in yourself, and and you're worth it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And if you look at the people in Japan that, like you said, they ride their bicycles over 100, they work in their garden, grow their own veggies. I mean, ask them that you can have a very long, very happy life. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jan, thanks so much for coming on the show. I I, I love talking about EMF. It's one of my favorite topics right now. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on and everyone, thanks so much for listening to today's show. This is the Myers Detox podcast and I'm Wendy Myers and you guys can learn more about my work and learn all about detoxification at Myersdetox.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you.